Hello and welcome to another Intelligence Fusion podcast. In today's recording, we're taking a deeper look into the paramilitary activity across Northern Ireland. If you enjoy our content, please like, share and comment. Let us know what your key takeaways are from this episode. Speaking to us today, we have Scott McDonald, who is a regional intelligence analyst here at IF. Uh, he's going to take us through the history, the background of the conflict in Northern Ireland, as well as how that's looked over the past couple of years, as well as what we can expect from 2020 and beyond. Scott, over to you. Thank you, Laura. Um, so today we're looking at um, Northern Ireland. Um, Northern Ireland uh, most recently has been characterised um, by the Troubles. Uh, the Troubles conflict between 1969 and 1998 is um, kind of a, a euphemistic term um, for something that was the longest continuous deployment of security forces in British military history um, and casualties of 30, around 3,500 people killed and um, approximately 50,000 injured. Uh, the Troubles is quite often mistaken for a religious conflict, when in fact it was um, a political conflict um, between and, and a debate between the population of Northern Ireland um, who are d- divided over the country's future place within the United Kingdom or whether or not they should unify with the Republic of Ireland. Uh, simplistically, then, this debate is split between the two religious communities. Um, this split kind of exploded in 1969, um, which resulted in a dramatic rise in dissident and paramilitary activity uh, from groups including the official Irish Republican Army, the Provisional Irish Republican Army, the Irish National Liberation Army, as well as the Ulster Volunteer Force and the Ulster Defence Association. These opposing sides came together um, with the British and Irish governments in 1998 to establish a peace process uh, focused on reform and power sharing, known officially as the Belfast Agreement, um, or more commonly as the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, however, the debate continues as to the prevalence of these violent groups. Jerry Adams uh, famously stated, they haven't gone away, you know. So one aspect of paramilitary activity um, during the Troubles and continuing down to the present day is bombings. Um, during the Troubles, paramilitary bombings were so prolific that Belfast Royal Victoria Hospital became world-renowned for treating medical trauma that was typically usually only seen on the battlefield. Um, bombing attacks and can range from indiscriminate attacks on civilians to really highly targeted attacks on other paramilitary groups as well as political figures. Um, however, the police service of Northern Ireland, the PSNI, um, is the main target of these attacks, um, continuing a theme recognised way back in 1983 when Interpol declared that Northern Ireland was the most dangerous country in the world to be a police officer. Um, bombings still pose an ever-present threat to civilians and security personnel. Uh, the most recent PSNI statistics have revealed an increase in bombings, uh, with 20 reported between 1st of March 2019 and the 29th of February 2020, and that's compared to 14 in the same period between 2018 and 2019. Bomb attacks can range from hoaxes, um, designed to tr- distract emergency services and waste the resources. Um, a recent example was on the 23rd of March 2020 in Ross Lee, um, which has been roundly condemned for wasting emergency services resources during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Also false hoaxes. Um, So that's where security forces are essentially lured to um, a location with a fake IED, um, at which point, um, once the security forces are gathered, um, a secondary real IED will explode nearby with the intention of killing any responding police officers. This most recently occurred on the 19th of August 2019 in Newton Butler. IEDs are typically pipe bombs, which are quite easy to manufacture and transport, um, yet they're 
um, highly capable of inflicting mass casualties. Um, however, what we also see in Northern Ireland is under-vehicle IEDs. Um, these pose a particular threat. Um, quite a high-profile case was on the 31st of January 2020. An anonymous call had been made to the media um, stating that an explosive device had been placed on a transport truck that was due to sail from Belfast um, to Scotland. However, the PSNI discovered the device several days later. And it was actually attached to a, a vehicle still parked at the Silverwood Industrial Estate in Morgan, County Armagh. Um, the device is believed to have been placed on the wrong vehicle by paramilitaries from the continuity IRA. Um, this particular attack had been planned to coincide with the date and time the United Kingdom left the European Union on so-called Brexit Day. Another aspect of paramilitary activity in Northern Ireland is beatings and shootings. And the parliamentaries are renowned for extrajudicial beatings and shootings and punishments that serve a threefold purpose. Uh, firstly, to try and assert the authority and reputation of the group and their community um, as an alternative source of justice. Secondly, these attacks discredit the authority of the PSNI and re-emphasise rejection of state authority. Um, thirdly, paramilitaries are intricately involved in criminal activity across the island of Ireland as a whole, um, particularly in drug trafficking as a source of income and as a means to finance weapons acquisition uh, to sustain their operational capabilities. Punishment beatings um, quite often involve assault with blunt force weapons, uh, including metal pipes, hammers or baseball bats. Punishment shootings are an escalation, a bit more extreme form of incident, um, quite often known as kneecapping where the victim is shot in the leg or legs. Um, quite peculiarly for this type of um, activity, victims are told in advance to appear at a certain place in time in a kind of punishment by appointment system, reinforcing um, not only the fear, but the, the real authority paramilitaries continue to wield across Northern Ireland. These incidents, as a result, are quite difficult to assess uh, and document as the victim is quite unlikely to report to police who attacked them over fear of arrest from the police themselves or for the retribution from paramilitary um, actors. Uh, statistics recorded between August 2018 and August 2019 show that a punishment beating or shooting occurs on average every four days. An interesting example occurred on the 20th of October 2019 when a police patrol, by um, just happenstance, happened across a punishment beating and that had been arranged via appointment at the Cockfern roundabout in Newton Abbey. The police ended up arresting three male suspects armed with an offensive weapon, as well as the 37-year-old victim on separate charges, which suggests there was an underlying criminal element. Police have reported that between the 1st of March 2019 and the 29th of February 2020, casualties from beatings increased from 16 to 17, shooting casualties increased from 58 to 61, and shootings in Belfast specifically in Dublin from 5 to 10, compared to the same period in 2018 to 2019. There were threats and intimidation, not just um, physical attacks, um, are also used by paramilitaries. Um, murals and graffiti are quite famous across Northern Ireland for officialising paramilitary activity as well as bolstering recruitment. Um, these activities can be aimed directly at individuals, um, including the Chief Constable of the PSNI, Simon Byrne. He was threatened around the 7th of September 2019 with a graffiti message in West Belfast stating, take our kids and we'll take yours. This was in reference to his proposal that anti-paramilitary measures could include taking children of suspects into state care. 
paramilitary threats can often be released at national level um, from both Republican and Loyalist groups. Um, this occurred in October 2019. These incidents were motivated by the ongoing Brexit and negotiations between the United Kingdom and the European Union and the possible erection of a hard border between, them, between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Um, a spokesman for the new and official IRA warned that any such infrastructure would constitute a legitimate t- target for attack and armed actions. Um, whereas, for different reasons, but on the other side, the UVF and the UDA warned of consequences if those bonds between Northern Ireland and the UK were loosened by any concessions given to the EU and were quoted as saying, we'll see how hard the border is when bombs start going off in Limerick. So having kind of examined the, the legacy of the Troubles and its incidents of note um, in 2019 and 2020, it's worth considering what's going to happen in 2020 and beyond. Um, so in general, since 1998, power sharing at Stormont has provided a relatively stable foundation for the peace process in Northern Ireland, um, albeit punctuated regularly with continued but small-scale violence. The June 2016 Brexit referendum, where the United Kingdom as a whole voted to leave the European Union, but not Northern Ireland, as well as the collapse of power sharing between January 2017 and January 2020 over a green energy scheme and the introduction of an Irish language act, have shaken confidence in the stability of government in Northern Ireland and have stoked fears of a return to open violence. A joint assessment by the PSNI and MI5 in 2015 concluded that all paramilitary groups active during the Troubles remain operational and were continuing to recruit and existed openly. Uh, this assessment has most recently been reiterated in November 2019 by both Simon Byrne, Chief Constable of the PSNI, and Commissioner Drew Harris of Angarda Sukana. Further, both forces stated that not only did the IRA still exist, but that the IRA Army Council retained oversight of Sinn Féin as its political arm. The UK's December 2019 general election returned a nationalist rather than a unionist majority for the first time, and more recently Sinn Féin won the popular vote in the February 2020 general election in the Republic of Ireland. Um, it's difficult to see how seismic political shifts like this, coupled with evidence from the police of increasing paramilitary violence, it's hard to see how this would indicate anything other than the fact that 2020 and beyond is likely to face increased threats from an emboldened Republican, distant and paramilitary scene, or, and or a backlash from the unionist community into the new decade on a scale as yet undetermined.